0: Welcome to the Japan Longing Club podcast, a podcast for those who long to travel to Japan and appreciate media, games, and real-life culture from Japan and the world beyond. I am your host, Jared. Hope you're all having a great day out there, great evening, great night, great morning, sipping coffee, sipping some wine, having a beer, maybe some yuzu. Um, Hope everything's going well. I uh, appreciate everyone who's been listening to the podcast. It was nice to see a good amount of listens in the most recent episodes. That's great published the the last episode um, was all about my itinerary going to Japan, which is weird to even think about and talk about because it feels like a blur. Um, I know that everybody has different (laughs) ways of experiencing trips and uh, different things in their lives, right? Um, That trip was three weeks long, and I feel like it was like a strange blur um, it's like we left and then we got back the next day, but it, there was a 21 day time travel gap in between. Um, kind of hard to explain. There was so many experiences, like over 2000 photos that I took. Um, if you're interested, i m- m- might decide to <laughs> keep posting a few of them on my, uh, my Instagram hot anime vlogger. Um, but yeah, up to you if you want to check those out. Uh, I don't really have much up there yet. Um, but, you know, moving forward here, I mean, that trip was in, what, March? Going into April. It's already the beginning of June. It feels like that trip just, ah, I don't know, felt different than the first two that I had gone to Japan um, in the past. And maybe it's because I planned this entire one and it was... uh a lot more energy put into making sure that everything was going smoothly. Um but it just feels different, right? Uh just uh just so much extra to worry about when um you go with a few people and, and you're the one that is making sure everything kind of goes as well as it can. Um anyways, just some weird extra reflections there. I, I keep thinking about that trip on and off. Um I had just recently posted a batch of photos to my um, personal um, friends and, and family, and uh, it took me a while to even get to that batch. Um, it was the last leg of the trip, the last week, you could say. So it uh, it's just weird how life goes, and um, as I've been explaining, um, there's been a lot of things happening in, in, in life and why, uh, why it's contributing to the podcast slowing down a bit. But for now, I think I'm going to keep it going. Um, I know I was kind of hesitant in the last episode. Uh, I want to finish this prefecture for the get prefecture we're in now, um, the Chugoku region. And, uh, then we might just go by region after that. Um, we'll see. I, it might make sense to go by region. There's a couple of regions there. Like, uh, the one that has, you know, Tokyo, um, that it's going to be a big episode. Just, there's things to think about. Um, but just as life has been moving forward, um, you know, this is episode 29 of the Japan Longing Club podcast and uh, there's a lot happening and I, I feel bad that I can't get these out as, as fast as I want, um, but a lot happening in, in this summer, just as there always is. And and a lot of it's related to, to losing those family members um, that I had been talking about and it's just uh, ugh, tough, um, but that's, I guess, grief for you um, as you kind of process things and, and keep it going. But thank you for everyone for listening this far. And um, I've got a pretty solid episode here planned. We're going to go over Mie Prefecture in the Get Prefectured section. And then um, I've got quite a long uh, episode of the, um, or a reading really, of the uh, Japan Travel Reddit. It's a trip review that's very well written and detailed. And I mean, you know... It's a podcast. We'll just <laughs> I'll just read it, kind of go with it. It'll take a while to read it, but I think it's going to be kind of fun to see what these people did. I guess they did a twenty four day trip, which is wild. That is a day or two longer than the amount of trip I did. Um But yeah, we'll get there in a little bit. So I just uh, wanted to bring up the uh, the the news. You know, the Japan Longing, Longing Club Shinbun, uh, as I like to call it, where we talk about a little bit of news. I didn't realize that um, the COVID, the final COVID entry like restrictions were lifted on April 29th. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's over a month ago. Um, It was nine days earlier than originally announced it was going to happen. So that was lifted. I believe that includes China. I mean, I'm just looking at a little bit here. Um, I know that there was still some proof of vaccinations and testings and stuff happening. Um, always good to check any kind of travel requirements before you go, no matter where you're traveling from. Um, but within the country, there is, there's like no restrictions, um, for businesses and people, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of areas that are going to keep requiring you to wear a mask. And, um, it's kind of like going with the flow over there. You know, you're a guest to that country. They have their own customs and, and things that they do, um, as a, as a society. And it's very different from, I don't know, like the United States where I'm from, where everything slowed down and shifted, like how long ago people gave up here, like a year and a half, two years ago, uh, kind of, but so looking at this, um, you know, I just I keep thinking about. This experience I had in Nara, whoa, I'm reading the name Nara, not Nara. Um, <laughs> looking at this, I, um, I'm thinking about an experience on Koyasan. Sorry about that. Very different location. Actually, they're not that far but <laughs> from each other, but um, over in uh, Koyasan, um, on top of the mountain there, we're... You know, there's all these, like, Shikubo temple lodgings and um, temples you can visit. And there's this one that has a, uh, I guess it's a temp. I guess it's a temple. I should really look up what it is. But it has, like, you walk in and then you, you have to go uh, counterclockwise around this hallway, kind of. And there's all of these beautiful portraits of this famous story of a monk who went up to Koyasan and... Um, well, this guy who, who murdered someone and then he went up to Koyasan, and he left his wife behind. And, uh, I think, I guess he didn't know he had a child and then the child finds him later, but the monk couldn't tell him that he's his dad and all this stuff. And the, it's, it's like 20 paintings or something. And you walk through this thing. And then at the end of it, um, there's a, uh, kind of cool gachapon thing you can do and, uh, take one of those, um, it's like a little tiny, like, figurine that you can write a wish on, and you can either leave it. Um, you pay like 500 yen for it, and you can leave it, um, or you can take it with you as a souvenir. So, uh, but the whole point of that is mask wearing. It, when I walked in, and this uh, older gentleman, um, probably like in his, his 80s, I'm maybe 70s, 80s, this older gentleman, no English at all, but the one thing he was saying was something that sounded like mask. And um, I had a mask with me. I mean, it was, as Japan, it's, you always have a mask with you. Um, I, I basically po- popped that mask on as fast as possible after he told me like five times very quickly to, to put it on. So it, I wonder if that guy is going to get the message that these restrictions have been lifted, you know. Um, but I, cause I think it's still going to be a number of places that want to uh, kind of maintain their own sense of, uh, I don't know, safety and comfort. So moving on, I don't have anything, uh, else listed in the news, but, um, and I haven't really been on my, uh, Twitter feed where I pull a lot of news related info out of Japan, um, from actual news sources and from some friends I have over there and, and a number of accounts that I follow. So it's kind of like a wide mix. Um, but there has been a lot of earthquakes and, I haven't been following it you know, very fully, but it um, kind of seems concerning when there's that many happening. Uh, it's just one of those things where when there's a lot of smaller quakes, sometimes it leads to a bigger one. So um, I just, uh, I think I heard that there was some people preparing their like earthquake backpacks, um, emergency supplies, materials, water, food, um, reviewing measures and stuff and Let's just, uh, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. Um, I don't know. People say that, every, you know, there's there's timelines for this stuff. And um, you can look into this yourself if you want to see what the timeline is for Japan to come and go for these major earthquakes and, and things. And, and you know, uh, it's good for people to be aware of it. Um, on that note, before traveling to uh, Japan, my, my wife wanted to listen to the broadcast announcements for what, you know, an earthquake announcement, tsunami announcement. Um, I forget what the other ones were, but those were the uh, the two that, uh, that we really listened to. And they just kind of sounded like standard announcements, right? Nothing too super cautious. It was just more like a jingle um, and then uh, like a quick phrasing. Um, yeah, so just uh, something to also be aware of, uh, you know. listen to those before you go over to japan just in case all right we're gonna move into the get prefectured getting prefectured so we're still in that kansai region um oh well i messed it up at the beginning of the podcast um we had finished the chugoku region now we're in kansai uh Or maybe that was just me reading it before when I was researching it. Anyways, I got it wrong when I was starting to plan everything. Uh, So we're in the Kansai region. Uh, We moved on from Jogoku. Kansai, which means west of the border. So it was the political center for Japan for hundreds of years, which also means that it became a cultural center as well. Um, We have covered some of these prefectures already in Kansai, including Kyoto, uh, Osaka, Nara. Kyogo and Wakayama. We did Wakayama last time. So there's two more to do, Shiga and Mie. And today, we have Mie Prefecture. So, Mie Prefecture, on the surface, doesn't look like it has much going on. Uh, But it does. (laughs) Um, Mie Prefecture is... Let me pull this up real quick so I can at least... no, it could give you a good sense of where it's located. Um, in my head, I know where it is, but I don't want to get it wrong. For anyone who's interested, I'm going to japanguide.com. And they have a good prefecture breakdown of all kinds of stuff you can do. All right. Yeah, Mie is right next to Nara. It's east of Nara. So we did Osaka, Nara. Osaka's north, Nara's south. You know, Kyoto is north of Osaka. Wakayama was the, the southern area. Um, below Nara, and then now we're going to east to to Mie in this kind of peninsula area. So Mie is known for uh, basically a couple of things. It's known to be home to uh, Japan's most sacred Shinto shrines, the Ise shrines, um, and it's also known to have the like Ueno City not to be confused with, with the Tokyos and also a bunch of other Uenos um, out there. So they call it Iga Ueno. We're going to go over both. Uh, the Shima Peninsula uh, basically has those Shinto shrines. There is the what they call the inner shrine and the outer shrine. Um, this does, there's like a, uh, It's been designated as a national park for its beauty, for its cultural importance of visiting these areas and let's see what else we got right we'll go with that inner shrine um they call it japan's most sacred shrine it is uh basically this is because it enshrines like the shinto religion's most like venerated deity um so it's most popular not like popular but most well-known sacred um, amaterasu omikami uh amaterasu is the sun goddess So that's why it's the most sacred shrine. So established likely over 2,000 years ago. Um, This is an area that was built that predates the introduction of Buddhism. I didn't know that. Uh, (laughs) to, To the area. So, man, these shrines are rebuilt from scratch every 20 years. I remember hearing about these at one time where these shrines were built and then they get rebuilt every 20 years. It's wild. The 63rd rebuilding will take place in 2033. That sounds like a... Well, I wonder how long it takes them to build those shrines. You wouldn't want to go in 2033. you probably want to go after it's done. I wonder if it takes like a year or two or five or... I wonder. So the inner shrine takes about an hour to an hour and a half. And there's a famous bridge um, that you got you go over called the Uji Bridge. And I believe this is all set up where like, like shrine maidens or people used to like bathe in the water um, as like a, uh, basically cleansing yourself before going over into the shrine. You don't really do that anymore, but they always have the, uh, the ladles. Um, the ladles are out there for you to to wash your hands a specific way um, to, to uh, go through as a kind of like a purification method. So, I mean, if you were to get naked and go into the river at this point, you'd probably get arrested, I think. I don't know. Don't try it. So, there's uh, pictures out there for the inner shrine. It is very beautiful to look at. Um, pretty interesting site to visit. And then you've got the outer shrine, which is your, your second shrine. Um, so, yeah, it's, one, it's the, one of the two shrines. that makes up the Ise shrines. And we have this as and houses the Shinto deity, Toyoke Omikami. So, Toyoke Omikami um the guardian of food, housing, and clothing, and he provides food for Amaterasu, which is great, because I guess Amaterasu needs to eat. <laughs> um, anyways, the outer shrine is traditionally visited before the inner shrine. Uh from what I'm seeing, it's easier to get to the outer shrine um from a like a train station. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, from the station. And then there's buses that connect from the Outer Shrine and the Inner Shrine, about 15 minutes. So you can get around to these pretty easily, um, as long as you look up the bus schedules and all of the schedules ahead of time. And then there is an approach to the Inner Shrine. So uh, as uh, there is for a lot of places, um, traditionally, these uh, this, these approach or approaches uh, are were basically shopping streets that would lead you up to... Um, your, your your final shrine area i mean it's kind of all over the place it's more for tourism now um there's probably a couple places to stay but back in the day it was more for providing food and water and rest houses and and places for people on pilgrimages um so that they would be able to rest up and and you know be a part of that that journey and, and be rested for their destination so this approach is called oharaimachi. And it is definitely looks like a traditional shopping street. The buildings look traditional, looks pretty beautiful. It's about a kilometer long and it's full of, you know, shops and, and restaurants now. So that is pretty neat. It says here that some of these businesses have been around for hundreds of years, which makes sense. That's really neat. Okay. So looks like that's like a, that's probably would take you like a good half a day. Getting there from, oh man, Osaka to here. Oh, that's pretty far over Nagoya, Osaka. That's going to be at least a few hours. I don't have it in front of me, but I can already tell um, with like the amount of travel. Uh, bullet train only goes so far. And then you're going to have to take the Contest, the contets Railway. Gotcha. So, yeah, um, I guess there's like a... JR path that will take you over to so far um but yeah so it, you're going to have to plan a good i would like stay overnight somewhere um that's probably going to be actually like more like a full day trip thinking about it half a day if you're in the area already full day if you have to really plan that out and then we are looking at another area of Mie prefecture called Iga Ueno so it's a former castle town it's famous for ninjas um, Let's see here. Iga City was formed in 2004 with the merger of Ueno City and five surrounding towns and villages. So they they wanted to make sure that it wasn't confused um, with other Uenos in Japan. So they put Iga in front of it. I'm famous for its ninja. There's a ninja museum there. Out of what I saw from the ninja museum, it looks like there's like a, a show, like a public display of uh, ninjas public display of ninja affections um <laughs> but uh it, it's kind of neat um so the iga ninja museum all kinds of stuff on display and then you watch the show and i guess it's like fully in japanese but i mean it's all like action based so you get to just enjoy it um so there's that and then there's a reconstructed castle called ueno castle it's known as to be very beautiful because it was reconstructed completely out of wood um whereas a lot of castles that were reconstructed were built out of other materials so being completely rebuilt with wood maintains like a natural look gives an atmosphere of of tradition so that's kind of neat actually it's really neat i'm also kind of discovering as we go all right went over that that's pretty much it Um, so you could travel over to that area as well. I mean, this is kind of like an interesting area. I don't think many people make it out to Mie Prefecture, to be honest. Um, I don't think that the inner and outer shrines are very well known to tourists. I don't think, I think if you were to tell people you're going there, it would go right over their heads because people are usually going to go to Kyoto and Osaka. Um, Koyasan is touristy. I, I just don't really understand if like, uh, well, it's not as touristy, right? Um, but I don't really understand if, uh... I only think that people are gonna go over to Mie from there. Um, yeah, you kinda have to follow the coast in like a different rail line. So it's really uh really kind of out there if you're looking to do something different. But that's pretty much Mie Prefecture summed up in a nutshell. I'm just looking over here again at Mie and where some of these these things are. There's your Peninsula. Yeah, it's all I can really say is like Looking into getting from like Osaka and Kyoto through Mie or just going down the coast into like Wakayama, um, going to like the waterfall there, the Nachitaisha and all that, it's just such a long train ride. And uh, like without the bullet train, it, it's kind of interesting that it's it's going to be secluded. So, I mean, it's not like fully secluded, but it's just it's not, it's secluded from like the tourism kind of spectrum, right. But uh, that's kind of part of the the point of the podcast. We get to explore and look at some interesting areas that aren't always seen or or looked at. Although, I mean, these are just kind of like major (laughs) areas. But I mean, unlike most tourism posts or most things you follow, like you're not going to hear about this. So moving forward, I have a travel itinerary called 24 Days in Japan, Osaka, Onomichi. Shimunami Kaido, Matsuyama, Hiroshima, Miyajima, Kyoto, Takeyama, Kamikochi, and Matsumoto. And then to Tokyo. And the person who posted this was just about a few hours ago today on June 2nd um, from user Panda from the Japan Travel Reddit. And I'm just going to read this and react to it as I go. Again, it's a little long, but you know what? That's kind of how trips can go. They have some advice along the way. So let's get this rolling. Okay, again, it's 24 days in Japan, all those locations. Hi, lovely people. (laughs) Uh, We just came back from our first trip to Japan. It was truly a memorable trip. We spent over three weeks in Japan from the 7th of May until the 30th of May. We love Japan, capital letters. Uh, Can't wait to come back. That's good to hear. A little bit about us. We are both around 30 30 years old. And enjoy a mix of urban, outdoor, and culture during our holidays. We are foodies, but not hardcore as we don't specifically organize our trips around restaurants. There are so many restaurants in Japan that it's hard to get a bad meal. That is true. (laughs) But unless you do a little research ahead of time, you are not going to have always the greatest meals. Uh, We enjoy just wandering around neighborhoods. That's cool. Mostly low-slash-mid-budget stuff with a splurge once in a while. Our travel itinerary can be found here. General comments. Time period of travel. We arrived on the 7th of May, which is the last Sunday of Golden Week. We specifically wanted to avoid Golden Week. Bold letters. Going during Golden Week, then it's going to be hell for you as a tourist, right? Anyone who doesn't know, Golden Week is like a string of national holidays in Japan, and the whole country has the time off, um, or most of the country has the time off. And uh, everything is overrun. Like bullet trains are sold out. Hotels are wild. Um, Famous uh, destinations and even some lesser known ones are just overrun with people. So avoiding Golden Week as a tourist is highly recommended. Always look it up every year. So don't plan your travel during that time. Um, So these people, they said they heard it can be crazy busy due to domestic travels. And we also didn't want to go too late in May because June is a rainy season in Japan. We were pretty lucky with the weather overall as we only had a couple of days of rain. Most days were sunny and we even had some days of sweltering heat. Like other people suggest, try to get in shape before you go. Bold letters. We are both in average shape. Almost every day we walked around 20,000 steps or more. The only rest days we had were the days we were switching between cities. Uh, For example, sitting in trains for longer periods of time. uh, No complaints. I brought two pairs of shoes, waterproof hiking shoes and one pair of lightweight running shoes. Switching between shoes was nice. I didn't have any blisters during my time in Japan, luckily. All the walking compensated, all the eating, though. (laughs) So all the walking compensating all the eating. Um, Yeah, the shoes thing. That's try to, one, yes, try to walk a lot, like one to two months at least before you go. Every day, walk a bunch. Like an hour, two hours. Well, I don't know. Most people don't have that much time. But get used to walking. Uh, Break in shoes if you're buying new shoes. Um, Don't bring uncomfortable shoes that don't have good support for your feet. Uh, My wife brought... a couple pairs of shoes and started off on the wrong foot as you could say and um was in pains since the beginning of the trip and throughout the trip and uh i ended up buying her a new pair of shoes throughout which started to help um but yeah it's it's just uh you want to make sure you're comfortable and then another thing of advice from uh you panda let's see check whether the region-specific JR Passes might work for you. We decided against getting the nationwide JR Passes, and as they didn't fit our needs and were expensive, and instead opted for a regional JR Setoichi area pass. It was perfect for the Shimanami Kaido. We could travel from Osaka to Onomichi, Hiroshima, Miyajima, Kyoto, and it also gave us access to Nozomi Shinkansen. Oh, that's cool. And a great ferry ride between Matsuyama and Hiroshima. Huh. Very right between Matsuyama and Hiroshima. I've never heard of anyone doing that, and that sounds cool. Now I don't want to do that. More advice. To be flexible. That's how we like to travel. I mapped out most of the sites beforehand according to must sees and mapped out what other interesting sites there would be in those areas. The day before or in the morning, we would decide what we would do roughly. Site C according to neighborhood and just wing it a little bit. We just love to wander around and see what we come across, mixed with some Google Maps plus explore function. Some days, You're just tired and you just want to hang out in a park, or you have temple fatigue and want to do something entirely else. Same with food and restaurants. We usually use Google Maps to see what kind of great restaurants were near us at the moment. We haven't lined up more than twice our whole time there and still ate wonderfully, I don't even know what that person's saying. We do tend to avoid overly hyped stuff anyways. I do keep in mind that everyone has their own ways. Oh, lined up more than twice. So like they avoided, I guess, the, the main tourist stuff. But buy an electronic or eSIM if possible. It's the cheapest and easiest way. My partner bought an eSIM and it was so convenient. My phone unfortunately didn't support it and I had to buy a SIM. Oh, eSIM. the electronic SIM. For some reason, I'm I'm just thinking always SIM cards are, uh, you know, physical things, but not always. I opted for getting one at Bic Camera, which was the cheapest I could find. 10 gigs for 30 days for 3,200 yen at the time. Keep plastic bags for trash. If you've been listening to this podcast, you'll know why. If you're interested, go back and listen to, I don't know, at least two or three episodes of the podcast. Try Pokari Sweat. It's hooked immediately. It's awesome. Best electrolyte drink ever. Okay. And then go for a haircut or some other beauty massage treatment. The hospitality is amazing in Japan. You won't regret getting pampered in Japan. They they have all kinds of crazy treatments. I got the best haircut of my life for 4,400 yen. That's like 30-something dollars in US dollar. I say that, but my haircuts at a barber is 25. If you think that's crazy, then I, well... I remember the days when they used to be like $12. Um, day one to day two, Osaka. Let's get this going here. We landed at Kansai Airport. Before our trip, we also brought bought train vouchers for Osaka online. Best decision ever. Because the journey was rough, we were exhausted by the time we landed. We only had to exchange our vouchers at the station, and off we went. Uh, Osaka was a nice city to start with as it's more manageable, smaller city. Quote, smaller. Uh, while covering from our jet lag. Despite being smaller, I do think it is worth a visit. I mean, it's Osaka. It's very much well worth a visit. It's so iconic at night, we stayed at a spacious Airbnb near Kuromon Ichiban Market. Takoyaki. We had our first try at Takoyaki at King instead of one of the places at Dotonbori, which is like a street shopping area, um, which it's kind of more than that, to avoid the crazy lines. You can sit down, have a beer, and yes, the Takoyaki is amazing. Should be crunchy on the outside and deliciously gooey on the inside. Douse in sauces and katsubushi. Um, anyone who doesn't know takoyaki has like octopus inside of it. It's a, cooked on like a kind of like a grill plate and uh, shaped in like in like a, the shape of balls, like a like a ball. Um, when you bite into them, They usually burn your mouth because they're scorching hot. Wish I could go back and eat it again. It is true you can't get great takoyaki outside of Osaka. Okay, that's right, maybe true. At least I didn't get that same crunchy gooey combo again in other cities. Uh, they went and got discount sushi from Takashiyama. Takashimaya. Hmm. Takashimaya department store. They went after 7 p.m. They got the discount sushi. It was delicious. I'm kind of like skimming in and summarizing because this is pretty long. They went to Osaka Castle, their first castle in Japan. Um, it's beautiful and unique. It's a rebuilt castle, but it is pretty cool. They went to Dolton an iconic area, fun to walk along. The queues are long everywhere there. We avoided eating at Dotonbori. Then they went to Shitanouji. Beautiful pagoda with Buddha statues inside. Pay the fee to go inside and see the garden. You can also go into the pagoda and walk up. Most places, by the way, if there's a fee to walk inside and go view a garden, if you have the money, I recommend trying it out. Sometimes, it's incredible. Sometimes, it's kind of similar to other things you might have already seen. But, uh, once in a while it's just a grand experience. They went to the Shotangai shopping streets, Shinsaibashi Suji Shopping Street, Quintessential Japan. It's like a covered shopping arcade area. Ramen Tendo. The f- <laughs> Nintendo Ramen Tendo. The first ramen joint that we tried in Japan. So it has a special place in my heart. They specialize in chicken broth with lots of umami, katsuboshi flavor. Noodles were great too. Very bouncy. Bouncy. Mmm. Bouncy. Delicious. Little did I know that this ramen joint was really one of the best we could have had on this trip. It set the bar high for sure. Visit a local grocery store. Maybe it's just me, but I love to browse at local grocery shops. Um, Yeah, it is cool when you go to a grocery store, like an actual grocery store and not just like a convenience store. It's, It's very different. Skip Shinsekai. We visited during the day and it felt very empty to me. More like a tourist trap. The eateries didn't look appealing to me. Maybe during the evening, the area is more fun. Day three, Nara. We did Nara as a day trip from Osaka. That's smart. Yes, to feeding the deer. It is touristy, but it's also so much fun to be chased by cookie-crazed deer. One more thing. Deers fart a lot. We were wondering where this weird high-pitched sound is coming from. Those are actually deer farts. That's hilarious and interesting. Todaiji. It is very impressive. Definitely a must visit. Then, just wander around in Nara Park. It's very lush and beautiful and has many more shrines and interesting sites, such as a, uh, the Manio Botanical Garden. All right. Wish we had one more day to explore Nara, but oh well, maybe next time. Interesting. So they, it looks like they wanted two days in Nara. We ate lunch at Maguro Koya, a small restaurant run by a lovely elderly couple. We had the best pork bun at Horo... Let's see. Horokute at the end of the Higashimuki shopping street small hole in the wall oh my god the squishiest squishiest juiciest pork buns ever the way i know that they said that they're not foodies really but the way they explained food is is very much um foodie like kind of great day four onomichi i think that's kind of why i also picked this itineraries because they went to onomichi i, I kind of want to just read what they did there um because i liked onomichi the people i went with they said it was a little hectic to, to kind of fit that in the schedule but i loved it let's see what they say so panda says, after staying in Osaka for three days, we headed west for the Shimanami Kaido. We decided to stay in Onomichi, Hotel Beacon Onomichi. For the night before, we started our two-day bike trip. For this part of our trip, we picked up our seven-day Setoichi area pass at Shin-Osaka JR Station. I just want to mention that I really love the hospitality of the staff in Japan. The JR office people were nice and helpful. We reserved our seats on the Shinkansen, and, we, and off we went to Onomichi. Onomichi is a lovely little seaside town to just stroll around and take in the views. I really recommend spending at least half a day here. Don't skip it. I spent half a day there and it wasn't enough time. Uh, Sankoji Park Observatory. We walked up to the observatory. Ropeway available. Please walk up as there are lots of nice alleyways, shrines, and cats along the way. The view is amazing, especially at sunset. I would say take the ropeway up and then walk down because that's another way to do it but that's not not as active i guess right oh <laughs> uh, god i was out of shape cat alley honestly every alley is cat alley that's kind of true but cat alley in particular has a cat shrine just for anyone who's interested right I uh, talked about it on the last episode of the podcast and uh, cat alley has a cool owl cafe of, of all things um it's a really neat area and yes there are some cats Onomichi shoten guy so the shopping street Very retro, lots of cute shops. We bought a nice poster from a little granny there. Day five and day six, they did the Shimanami Kaido to Matsuyama. So, the Shimanami Kaido is like a a series of bridges that crosses over from Onomichi over to Matsuyama. Which we haven't really talked about Matsuyama or anything yet. Um, But basically, uh, connecting major areas in japan um yeah so they went and they they picked up the reserve cross bikes and they went off so they said that biking the shimanami kaido was the highlight of their trip wow we took two days to bike the whole way one day would would definitely be too rushed for us we stopped at ikuchi island shimanairo nest for our halfway stay the sights along the way were great it's so much fun to go downhill the uphills were doable we had great weather also not too not too hot and no rain. Everything was clearly indicated. We just followed the blue lines. I felt very safe biking in Japan. P.S. My butt did hurt from the saddle. So be warned. Bring some cushioned pants if you want to be safe inside. If you want to be safe side? Hm. First pit stop after the bridge was Hatsukunya. You have to stop there. They had delicious strawberry and citrus daifuku. Oh, that sounds great. Daifuku is like the mochi, like kind of like sweetened mochi uh i don't want to call it dough but it's like rice thick chewy rice and then it's in the center has like the fruit it sounds amazing um enjoy the views take the pictures and yeah we decided to bike one way from Onomichi to imabari and we have no regrets i like that we ended the bike trip at the longest bridge four kilometers imabari is very industrial but after the fun long way down from the last bridge and being exhausted from biking, you just want to get to the station and stuff yourself with pastries from the bakery at the station and then go to your next destination. That's what we immediately took to the train to Matsuyama. Oh, right. That's right. So the bridge goes to Imabari, Imabari first and then you have to take a train to Matsuyama. Originally, the plan was to enjoy the famous onsen in Matsuyama. Is it Dogo? Uh, Dogo Onsen, I believe, but we didn't have enough time, and we were also pretty tired. After checking in at the hotel, it was already four. We made our way to Matsuyama Castle, but unfortunately, we were too late to go in. It was still nice to view it from the outside and walk around the park. We planned to do sightseeing in Hiroshima the next day, so there was no more time to explore Matsuyama further. So that Onsen um, is famous because it's like based off of inspiration for um, Spirited Away. So the Spirited Away Studio Ghibli film, that bathhouse is, is apparently looks a lot like this one um, in Masayama Dogo, but uh, it's been under like construction, retro, uh, renovations for a while, and I, I can't really, I don't know. I, I guess it kind of looks like it, but I think there's other cool, cool awesome to see that will also remind you of Spirited Away. Day seven, Hiroshima to Miyajima. After the Shimonami Kaido. We headed towards Hiroshima and Miyajima. We took an early ferry from Matsuyama. The ferry was included in the Satoichi JR Pass, so we gladly took advantage of that. It's a nice way to get to Hiroshima. Just one last view of the Sato Inland Sea. That sounds honestly amazing. To get to Hiroshima from there, oh my god. Sato Inland Sea is just beautiful. It's one of my favorite things. One remark: if it is not JR service transportation, you do not have you, you do have to obtain separate tickets. Normally, just showing your Satoichi JR Pass is enough to get on board the train. But the ferry, you do have to go to the ticket desk and show your JR Pass to obtain the ferry tickets. Good to know. Um, the Peace Memorial Museum. In history we must not forget and do not want to forget or do not want to repeat. Uh, we tried another Hiroshima specialty for lunch, Hiroshima Sukemen. The Sukemen is great. One of my favorite dishes. We ate at Sukemen, Karabu Tokai Chimachi the spicy umami dipping sauce is very addicting so that's like uh it's like noodles that are separate from the sauce so you dip it into the sauce and then you eat it i'm getting hungry it sounds great surprisingly it was very hard to find affordable good accommodation to hiroshima it was the weekend and two weeks before the g7 summit so maybe that was the reason why it was hard to find accommodation in the end i've had a nice simple hotel on miyajima island it's a great choice It was a good decision after all. After a long day in Hiroshima, we made our way to Miyajima to stay two nights. Oh, that's cool. Staying on Miyajima Island is lovely, especially when the day trip tourists leave. Day 8, Miyajima. Honestly, Miyajima is truly magical. Another highlight of our trip. We started the day early to get ahead of the crowd and then made, made it all so much more enjoyable. Seeing shrines and temples without a crowd is truly a thousand times better. If you can stay at Miyajima Island, do it. You don't have to splurge on expensive Ryokan, although it would have been nice. We stayed at Sakuraya, which was very budget friendly. Um, They went to the Tsukushima Jinja. Nice, but Daishuin and surrounding nature were the highlights for me. Daishuin Temple was up higher. It is gorgeous. Uh, It is the most beautiful shrine complex that they have seen in Japan this trip. I, I agree. Mostly. Yes, I agree. Um, Daishuin was the area where we went to on our first day like of, of my honeymoon trip back in March and April. And um, it set the bar super high for everybody. So high that I don't know if the other places <laughs> met their expectations. I think it's because it was so quaint and it was embedded in the hill surrounded by lush green nature. There were multiple complexes. There was a pathway studded with Jizo statues, Buddhist cave, prayer wheels, and much more. While we were there, a ceremony with a monk was going on. And everyone could participate in helping burning the origami peace cranes made by children to make their wishes come true. Oh, that sounds cool. We brought a little peace crane made from the ashes to remember this moment. We bought a little peace crane. Oh. Mount Misan. We hiked, up to, we hiked up from Daishuin. It was about two hours of steep stair climbing. A challenge for sure, but we definitely earned our way going down by ropeway. Views are great. Go, go. There's a bus to the ropeway so you don't have to suffer if you don't want to. What, when I went, we hiked up to the beginning of the ropeway. There was no, uh, I guess the bus wasn't going because the day we went, the ropeway was closed. So anyways, look up the ropeway ahead of time. Um, we did not hike all the way to the top. That's wild. Uh, we did a good like 30 to 45 minute hike to the beginning. I don't know, man, that's wild. These people are definitely active. Uh, so being in shape is is something that they very much are. So if you're not used to this stuff, you might want to, yeah, make sure that bus is going. Still fun to walk around though. It's a really good exercise. And then they went to Momiji Doni Park. If you don't like momiji trees, you can't be my friend. Um, what is that? Like the maple, I believe. Snack along the Miyajima Omotesando Street. Crowded, but the cakes are great. One remark, our hotel didn't include dinner, and all the restaurants on the island closed quite early. Luckily, with our Setuichi JR Pass, we could take the ferry for free. So we went to the mainland for dinner. Just keep this in mind when booking your stay. That is True. A lot of those places closed super early. Um, we were there until like sunset and that was like 6 o'clock or something, 6.30. And everything was closing. So good luck. Day 9 to Day 13, Kyoto. We took the early train to Kyoto and checked in at Stay Sanjo Karasama. We had five days to explore Kyoto and by this time we had lost our fear of missing out, FOMO, a little bit and also decided to take a bit more slow. Yeah, I mean, they're probably getting tired by that time. We still ended up walking a lot anyways, but at least we were sleeping in. The day we arrived, 15th of May, was supposed to be the Aoi Matsuri, so we headed to Kamo River to see the festival. Unfortunately, the festival was postponed due to the slight rainfall, and we had no clue, but we were were next to Kyoto Botanical Garden, and we decided to visit that instead. The Botanical Garden, a lovely garden with a huge variety of plants and trees to see, really well maintained, and during our visit, there was a great rose garden in bloom. I recommend going there. It's a nice Japanese garden section too, with moiji trees and moss. A greenhouse with orchids. Uh, Lost to see here. Only 200 yen. Arashiyama area. I really love this area, not just for the bamboo forest. um, Togetsuko. Whoa. (laughs) Tatsuko. Togetsuko Bridge and Katsura River were the highlights for me. We can walk along both sides of the Katsura Riverbank. A nice way to get to the bamboo forest, bypassing the busy beginning of the start of the bamboo forest, is by walking along the Katsura Riverbank and into Kamayama Park, and following the signs to Okochi Sanso Garden. This is very specific stuff. I can have to Google map this stuff out, but they're probably right. And uh, let's see. I just got distracted because I I'm in like a basement recording, and I just heard like the cats or something knock something heavy over upstairs. I hope they're okay south kyoto they went to fushimi inari and uji okay that makes sense for a day trip we visited ushami, ushami fushimi inari around 9 a.m it was already very busy if you hike deeper into the torii gates it gets more quiet we decided not to hike to the top but instead do a little loop and we stumbled upon some lovely fox shrines after fushimi inari we took the train just a little bit more south to uji if you like matcha visit uji it's a scenic little town with lots of matcha specialized cafes. We ate at Torik- okay, Torikiku, famous for their matcha soba and udon. That's right, in, U- in Uji, they make a lot of different stuff with matcha. Like noodles. Noodles full of green tea, paste, stuff. That kind of stuff. I had the best matcha ice cream dessert at Nakamura Tokichi Byoro Inn. Again, the river views are beautiful. It's a great day trip from Kyoto. On the way back to Kyoto, we spontaneously decided to visit the Gekkan The Gekekkan Sake Museum. It's a small museum, mostly about the history of Gekekkan. Is that the brand, I believe? But for 500 yen entry fee, you also get three small sake tastings. Fun for an hour or so. I wouldn't go all the way here just for the museum, but for us, it was a nice stop on the way back to Kyoto. They went to Gion. Visit Gion in the evening and just wander around the little streets. We ate amazing gyoza lunch at Gyoza Dokoro Sakemasa. Best gyoza of our trip. And then they went to the Higashiyama area um Heian jinju shrine visit the attached garden for a fee definitely worth it they also visited the kyoto handicraft center which is interesting because that was also on my trip itinerary but it was on there off on off and they say that in this area where we bought an ukyo e-painting oh, that's cool there's also a vintage antique market at that day we just browsed a bit around the market and honestly that was a day worth exploring I didn't mention everything we did in Kyoto here. We also had so much more planned for Kyoto, but didn't get around to it, which was totally fine. We were also a bit temple fatigued by that time and needed a slower pace. Hopefully next time we can visit some some of the things we skipped. Furthermore, some days were incredibly hot or we had whole days of rain. On those days, we decided to go shopping instead. Okay. On uh, my trip this year as well, we decided to drop some things from um, Kyoto as well. Uh, Basically the um, large... Gate at that place that my mind is escaping me. The large gate at Nanzenji (laughs) took me a little bit to find this. uh yes. All right, Nanzenji Temple. The large gate there. Man, that was fun looking that up. I kind of cut this out so you didn't have to wait for me to find this. It took me like five minutes to find Nanzenji. Man. Okay, let's continue. So they went from Kyoto to Sakayama. After spending five days in Kyoto, it was time to leave the city and head for the Japanese Alps. We took the Shinkansen to Nagoya, where we changed to a limited express to Takayama. It took around three hours to get to Takayama, but we didn't mind. Train travel equals resting time for our legs. Also, the views from the train were great. I really enjoyed this train trip to Takayama. We arrived around noon and immediately checked into our hotel. We all had two nights at Takayama to explore the town. They had Hida beef, the Wagyu of this area, and he found the, his favorite place to eat it. Ajikura Tengoku, where they went there twice for lunch because it was that good. They also went to the Miyagawa Morning Market, the Hikaru Museum, the Hita Folk Village, which is an open air museum with nice rebuilds of traditional mountain houses. Right. And they and then they went to Kamakochi and Matsumoto. Wow. Well, let's see. After re- checking out of our hotel in Takayama, we took the seven AM bus to Kamakochi. Um for anyone who doesn't know, Kamakochi is like, I believe, north of like Masayama, so they based... The, well, I'm sorry, of Takayama. So they like, uh, it's like a nature mountains only open during certain times of the year. It's gorgeous out there. Uh, we were only going to spend a day here and then continue our way to Matsumoto to stay overnight. After an hour of the bus, we finally made it to Kamikochi. The Japanese Alps are amazing. I wish we stayed longer in this area, but just the bus ride alone to Kamikochi was already a great site with the views. We decided to hop off at Taisho Pond bus stop and walk along the major sites in the park. We had no specific plan. Just hike around as far as time allowed. For lunch, we stopped at this cute Teishoku restaurant where we ate katsu curry. Big lunch to fuel our walking. Um, I really regret not buying more kamikochi pastries to take home while we were there. Tips. We were only carrying backpacks so we hiked with them until we reached a kamikochi bus terminal where you can drop them off your bags at the storage for a small fee. Let's see. Reservation is mandatory for the bus to Komakochi. Kamakochi to Matsumoto. You can do it online or while you were there at the bus station before hiking. Transportation in Japan Alps is mostly by bus. Do reserve ahead of time. Okay. Day 17. Matsumoto, Tokyo. After sleeping in, we did some sightseeing in Matsumoto before we moved on to Tokyo. Okay, wait. All right. We were... Right, so they took the bus. We really liked wandering around Matsumoto. Lots of cool shops and local crafts. We didn't know that the biggest national crafts fair is held in Matsumoto. Did not know that either. Fortunately, we were only able to stay for one day, but next time we'd love to visit this crafts fair. Matsumoto Castle. I really like the interior of the castle. It has been renovated. It still contains that castle feel. It is five stories and allowed to climb all of it. It's also included a pretty extensive gun and weaponry exhibition. Do arrive early because you do have to line up with the castle to get from one floor to the other. This is due to the steep stairways one on which they only allow one-way traffic at a time. Matsumoto City Art Museum. There's a nice exhibition from Yayoi Kusama. We didn't know Yayoi Kusama was born in Matsumoto. It's a good replacement exhibition if you aren't able to snatch up tickets. Nakamichi Street and Frog Street. Um, streets with reserved houses with craft shops, cafes, breweries, what more do you want? After spending the day in Matsumoto, we took the uh, train to Tokyo. Our last designation, destination of our stay. We decided to stay in Ueno. Not to be confused with Igo Ueno earlier in this podcast. Thank you for listening this far. This hotel was located close to Ueno JR. Day 18 to 24. Kind of sum this up pretty quickly here. Last seven days in Tokyo. By this time, we were just enjoying everything at a much slower pace. Tokyo was huge. Staying near the JR line is indeed a must, like everyone said. Um, I could go on hours about Tokyo, but i just going to mention some highlights here. Anmitsu. Hmm, never heard of it. Anmitsu Mihashi. My favorite dessert. It contains agar jelly, mochi balls, red bean paste, fruit, and Mm. a scoop of matcha ice cream. Shopping in Ginza. It's nice to go during the weekends when they close off the streets for cars. We like visiting flagship stores of Muji, Uniqlo. Go to Itoya if you are a stationary freak. Uena Park, Museums, Shrines, Lotus Pond. Have a look at their website. There are almost always events in the park. Tsukiji Market. Very busy, but fun to have a look. Um, that's the fish market, right? Well, they moved it. No, I'm confused. no, eh, whatever. Look it up. Look up the market. Um, look for sushi restaurants that open around 11 a.m. Line up at one of those places. I don't think it has to be the one with a 4.5 rating and a thousand reviews. Why? There are so many good restaurants in Tsukiji area. We went to Tsukiji Kagura Sushi. HamaRiku Gardens. Banzai Pine Trees Pruned to Perfection. Tokyo Sky Tree. Best View. Has a shopping complex attached to it. Asakusa area. Go to Sensoji. I, can't. I stayed in the saksa area very close to sensoji was just overrun with people i was not very enjoyable um but i guess it's worth visiting maybe later in the day like after four or five when most people are leaving and then yanaka ginza we went during the weekend and there was live music cool that's it um for 24 days we spent around 2500 euro per person excluding the $1,000 euro flights. That's 3,500 a person. This amount includes food, transportation, entrance fees, shopping gifts. So average is about a hundred euros a day. We didn't track every cost. Hotel costs were 900 per person, which range from 50 to 120 per night accommodations. The convert, the conversion yen euro is also great at the moment. So it might have contributed. Hope you enjoyed my trip report. Let me know if there are any questions. That's quite the report. Very long, but very detailed. Um, Man, Osaka, Nara, Oromichi, Shimanami Kaido, bicycling, or to Imabari, uh, go to Matsuyama, Hiroshima, to Miyajima. Man, Kyoto. This is a packed trip, probably the trip of a lifetime. Takeyama, Kamakochi, Matsumoto, the castle, the shopping streets, then to Tokyo for like six days, seven days. Yeah, Um. cool. That is quite the trip report. Uh, I think. That this is very detailed, and it's very well written if you're looking into a trip like this. There's a lot on there that if you're not as in shape as this couple, it's hard to, like, fully recommend. Um, The biking, the bicycling, is something that I was very interested in. I think the views look beautiful, but, like, I'm not in shape with biking. Like, I have a new exercise bike, and, you know, I sit on that thing for so long, and then, like... That you're in pain and things go numb and you're like what's going on um although it is really good exercise i i think those things are like very interesting and and cool to do a lot of hiking on this trip too uh depending on what you're into you can do that or kind of cut it out um sounds like about it's, yeah 10 to 13 days into this trip they got pretty tired um or was it like 8 to 10 days into the trip And they started to do the sleeping in in Kyoto and just taking the days a little more slowly. They got to like one destination, right? Where it's like one stay for a while, a couple of days. Um, And they kind of took it at their own pace. I think that happened to us too. The people I went on with our trip, we got pretty tired um, along the way. And it was nice to have a home base for a little while. Overall, a ton of amazing recommendations on this trip. Uh, You could build an itinerary out of this. Like a lot of the times you'll read stuff and... Sometimes the trips are a little packed, but this one's really cool. Um, Well done. If you are interested in reading this, again, it's the Japan Travel Reddit, labeled 24 Days in Japan, osaka onomichi Kaido Matsuyama Hiroshima, Miyajima Kyoto, Takayama Kanakochi Matsumoto, Tokyo, by user UPanda. Y-U-P-A-N-D-A. So go check that out if you want um, a pretty strong itinerary. They went all over the place. Really impressive. Cool uh that's gonna do it for the podcast thank you for listening again i'm still evaluating how i'm gonna continue the podcast um if we're gonna do some of the travel by prefectures uh regions really um we're gonna kind of continue it by prefecture or not but thank you so much for listening to the the japan logging club podcast next episode is going to be episode 30 it's a big one um Send me your questions and your travel stories to LongingClub at gmail.com, and they may be read on the podcast. Follow the podcast online at LongingClub on Twitter. And look for the Japan Longing Club podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And as they say, John A., and have a good day.